If you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat, if you kind of get a thrill feeling the hairs stand up on the back of your neck, or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket, and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to my home. I'm so excited to be here and not in my home. I know. And you forgot your mic, so we're both using mine. And it's an awkward setup. I like it. We're super close right now. But still social distanced a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. So how was your week? I feel like we don't know how to do this when we're in person now. My week was the same as every single week. How was your week? <laughs> well, there was a snow day on Tuesday and Monday was a holiday. So the kids were home for two days. But then they went back to school and everything was good and I enjoyed it. Did, did your kid actually go out for the snow day? Did you did you play outside? Yeah, of course. I did see your kids on Instagram. They went out and played. Yeah, I, I do that. I, I do post my kids on Instagram. I'm not like some parents don't like it, but I like it. Hmm, doesn't I do too. Like I don't, but I don't have. I do it more on my Facebook than my Instagram, I guess. But why? Because Facebook is closed private. OK, I feel like. Our conversation is very weird right now because of so close (laughs) because of the fact that we're only using one mic. So if we sound weird, that's why. Um, Yeah, he loves the snow. So he was out in the snow the whole time. Our baby wasn't as keen on going out like she does not like outside like in the winter. No, she doesn't like it. No. So we used to like always I used to always take Harrison out in the wintertime and we went for like a two hour hike with him on a sled once all bundled up and he didn't seem to be bothered by the cold but she gets like really like meh. Oh you're those kind of parents that takes their kids for hikes in the snow. (laughs) I'm sorry if my breast smells I had tacos tonight. That's okay I had enchiladas so they probably smell the same. So we're even. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well I'm Sarah. I'm Megan. And this is? It happened to a friend of a friend. Yay. We didn't discuss who's going first. Are you going first? Um, yeah, sure. I can go first. That's fine. Are you ready? I guess so. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> It still feels really weird to record like this. I know. We've recorded like in separate homes for the last, what, two, three weeks. And now we have to record with one mic. So it feels, it's just a very awkward, if we could videotape how we look right now, it's just, it's a very awkward situation, but we'll get through it and it'll be awesome. It's, it's almost romantic. We should have done this on Valentine's Day. Oh, that would have been so nice. What did you do on Valentine's Day? Side note. Um, nothing. No. I mean, when this comes out, it'll be March, I think the first week of March. So people will have forgotten about Valentine's Day, but. Did you do something? No, we didn't. I think we ordered pizza. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. We ordered we ordered food. We ordered steak. Ooh, that's fancy. We ordered the keg. So, okay, when you ordered the keg, did it come pre-made or did you have to make it? Oh, you, you can do both. This is so weird going back and forth. But yeah, you can do both. But no, ours came made. We got like their Valentine's special or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I want to just go to the keg. See, to me, the keg is an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Me too. It was, it was really good. We actually got it the day before Valentine's Day, um, because Mike got me flowers. He wasn't supposed to, but he did. Yeah, it's not the same as when you go there. It's just everything's better, fresher. It's like the experience and it's fancy. And uh, I've been like sitting here fantasizing about just going to a pub and having a beer. The last time we were out, when we came up with this podcast idea. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Remember when we did that? It feels like five years ago. 
<laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> it truly, truly does. Okay, so I'm going to go first. Okay. And I think it, it's it's pretty creepy, the story. But I think it'll be it'll be good. Okay. So you've done rentals on your house, right? Yes, currently. Oh, all right. So did you find anything when you knocked down walls or like open any of the walls? Did you find any treasure? No, absolutely nothing. But there's a door I don't want to get rid of because it has really old school WWF, not E stickers on it. Oh. But that's it. Okay. So that's not that's not very exciting. No, or it's creepy. <laughs> Maybe creepy. <laughs> So I've always wanted to have the kind of attic that you could like store stuff in and then you could find stuff up there. Mm -hmm. But I've never had one of those attics. Also, if you need to talk, just take the mic because I can edit out silences. Okay. Yeah, just do that because the back and forth, just like raise your hand or something so that I know that you want to say something and then I'll lean back and then you grab the mic and you can say what you want to say. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we'll do it that way. Yeah, we just did the bathroom reno and Ka- and Kevin had to go into the attic when he was installing the bathroom exhaust fan. And I had like, I think my fingers crossed the whole time that he would find something, anything up there. Mostly I kind of want, you know, like like a, the trunk I have in my in my living room. Mm-hmm. I want to find one of those up there with all like old timey clothes. Remember in the movie um, Now and Then when they were like dressing up in her grandmother's yeah. attic and they were putting like on all the clothes and stuff. That's what I want. Yeah, I like it. I think everybody wants to find something creepy in there. Oh, I do have a story. I do have something creepy that I found. Okay, go. Okay, it wasn't during a renovation, but uh, Mike was cleaning out our shed. And we this was after we'd moved in and already cleaned it out. So an animal must have gotten in there, but he found a hoof. I feel like you've... Have you just told me this story or did you tell the story on the podcast? I feel like I've heard this story, but I don't know if it was just to me personally or podcast story. I no, I don't think I told you about. I don't think I told the podcast about it. Did I? I don't know. Anyways, he found he found an animal hoof, a creepy animal hoof in our shed, <laughs> and um, no, I did. It, I think I t- remember telling you on the go train, so it's not on the podcast. Okay. But we assume that like maybe a raccoon got it and brought like from somebody from a hunter's garbage or something and brought it into our shed when we left it open and then we'd closed it for the winter because it had like cobwebs and stuff on it, so it clearly sat there for a season at least. It was the creepiest thing ever. Can you imagine just finding an animal's half-frozen hoof? Ew. Yes, that would be that would be creepy. Yeah. Very creepy. Mostly, I just want to find stuff from the old owners just to sort of find out who they kind of were. We did find one of the old owners of this house left behind a lighter case, like a lighter cover, and it had his initial on it. It had an M on it because his first name started with an M. And there's like little candle votives all around the house and I'm afraid to get rid of those because I'm afraid they're like filled with spirits or something and if I get rid of the candles and the house is going to be haunted forever those are like the good juju things in your house you don't want to like mess up previous owners happiness that they're in here yeah exactly I don't I don't want to mess with that stuff they're here for a reason yeah I don't think my house is either that older or had that much interesting people living in it but I think that's kind of cool I don't want to actually find anything like that because I don't want to find a haunted item (laughs) Well, I don't think that it's necessarily haunted, just... Oh, it will be. Yeah. If, if I get rid of it, it will be haunted. Anyway, so the story that I'm going to tell is not really as light and carefree as old trunks of clothes or books or anything like that. It's a little more creepy, a little more, maybe a little sad, but we're going to tell it anyway because I googled creepy things people find in the walls of their house and <laughs> this is one of the stories that came up. So I'm going to tell it. Okay, in July of, remember, if you need to, if you want to butt in, just 
yeah. raise your hand and I'll, I'll give you the mic. I can edit out silences. Okay. In July of 2007, a man named Bob Kinghorn was renovating a house in Toronto on Kintyre Avenue near Broadview and Queen Street. And fun fact, I actually know because fun facts are fun. Day. I actually know where this area is. It, it just doesn't happen a whole lot that I know where areas of Toronto are. <laughs> I know how to get around Toronto, but if you were like, go here, here, and it's on the corner of here, I'm like, just tell yeah. me what subway stop to get off at, and that's where I'll get off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's why I just had to, I know what area that, that, that this is in, so I had to just mention that. Anyway, at one point, he went to drill a hole to install some wiring, and it was like up in the rafters, kind of like the ceiling area. And when he was drilling, he noticed something on the floor in the attic. Because, again, he was drilling into the... I, I guess he was, like, on the top floor. So he was drilling into the attic or whatever. Um, now, if this was me, I would be thinking, ooh, treasure. But this was a man in his late 30s. So he probably thought, ugh, old garbage. It's crazy how we have these different thoughts, right? <laughs> <laughs> or he was think thinking, shit, more work. Yes, that could be it as well. I'm sure that that was probably more with what he was thinking. Shit, more work. Now I have to get rid of this garbage. Anyway, Bob climbed up to the attic, ready to grab what he probably just thought was garbage, and was shocked with what he found. When he opened the crumpled newspaper, he was horrified to find it was the remains of a baby. Oh no, we always like, we always go the dead baby child route. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> That's terrible. We don't do that on purpose. It just, I know. it makes for a creepy, eerie, sad story. And that's what we're going for. Yeah. So anyway, the child appeared to be around four months old and was wrapped in newspaper from 1925, making it possibly over 80 years old. And I say possibly because it could have been, it could have been like later than, or yeah, later than 1925. It just, maybe someone just found a newspaper yeah. with that date on it and whatever. Oh, you. Yeah. So the baby was kind of wrapped in the fetal position and it appeared to have had a crushed tip and when bob found it he just said that the little feet were sticking out and he was heartbroken because he said that he had like a not a newborn i think he had like a three ish month old at home at the time so he was just obviously heartbroken yeah. by this scene a land title search revealed that the property was bought in 1919. The home was owned by a married couple. The man died in 1939 and his wife, apparently the wife lived in the house, but later on I'm going to say something different. So it just depends on like, I guess what research you're looking at. His wife lived in the house until 1941, where she was then admitted to a Toronto area hospital as a patient. And the home was then taken over under the Provincial Mental Hospitals Act. Because I think she, as I'll say later on, she was taken away because she was mentally ill. Okay. She had some mental health issues. A few months after the baby was found, it was determined that it was a boy. It had reached full term, like within the pregnancy, and it had no signs of trauma. And it was approximately 80 years old. So the 1925 paper was probably accurate. And it also said that it died shortly after birth. So the four month old prediction or estimation, it was it was off. The When the autopsy was done, it was said to be a to have been about just born or maybe like a day old or something like that. Okay, so now this is where I thought that the story ended. But then I did a little bit more digging. I went down a few more rabbit holes. I googled a few more different things. And I found an article on cbc.ca. My other research came from like CTV and Globe and Mail and stuff like that. Just some local Toronto sources. Mm -hmm. So yeah, an article that I found on cbc.ca 
had a bit more of a backstory and I love me some backstory. So I had to, I had to go a little further into this. Um, the owners of the house at that time, so in 1919, were Della and Wesley Russell, who owned the home from 1919 to 1941. Wesley was a postal clerk and passed away in 1939. And Della, from what was from what I could find, was a housewife. I couldn't find if she had like any kind of employment outside of the house, which housewife would make sense around that time. And was sent to a psychiatric hospital before her husband's death. And they had no known children. So just a little bit of a discrepancy with some of the articles. CBC researchers tracked down Della and Wesley's niece. Her name is Rita Rich, who lived in the house with her father when she was 10. And actually her room, it said in the house, was, um, I think her floor was kind of where they found the mummified body of the baby. So her room was kind of where the baby was placed. She claimed the baby could not belong to her aunt and uncle because her aunt was not able to have any children of her own. However, Rita did remember another aunt named... Alla May, who lived in the house for a brief period of time, I guess she was sort of in between husbands, like she had been married, her husband went off to war, but then I guess four months after he had been away, she like divorced him or whatever, she moved to New York, and at one point she came back to Toronto, and Della remembers, or sorry, not Della, Rita remembers that at one point Alame and her aunt Della were moving around some furniture and Della told Alla not to move the furniture or she'll lose the baby. But that's all she that's all Rita can really remember about anything being mentioned about a pregnancy in her house. I guess there was also a boarder that lived in the house at one point. And the the investigators, the the reporters, I guess, asked Rita, like, could this person have gotten someone pregnant? And then she had the baby and they didn't want it, didn't know what to do with it. And Rita said, no, no, this boarder was a true gentleman. He was like a big brother kind of father figure to me. He would walk me to the bus. He helped take care of me. So there's no way this could happen. And I guess they asked her, like, what about your own father? Because I guess her mother had died in during like the Spanish flu in 1918, which it's like the new, it's like the old, the first COVID. Yes. It's like the first COVID. But she, she assured the reporter, no, no, like my, my dad never remarried. He was never the kind of man that would just sleep around and knock someone up kind of thing. So this was the only mention of a pregnancy. She's so lucky. She's so lucky. All the men in her life are like outstanding citizens. (laughs) (laughs) yes that that is what it would seem and then rita also remembers her aunt della's mental health sort of slipping throughout the years it became so bad that at one point della tried to throw herself off of the roof and she also said that her uncle wesley sent his wife to a mental hospital or like a psychiatric hospital i don't really know what the pc term is for mental hospital and i apologize if that's not correct i'm sorry so yeah so i guess her uncle wesley sent della to a mental hospital where she stayed until she passed away in 1953 the dna of the baby was at the time of the article which was in 2007 so i think it was a few months after the baby had been found the dna of the baby was to be tested and compared to other family members that were located i guess they found like younger generations so obviously people that they that wouldn't know what happened in this house at the time that's why they talked to rita because she lived in the house but this younger generation they wanted to test 
the baby against this DNA. I haven't found any updates, so I don't know if it had anything to do with this family, but I thought it was kind of interesting when I found all the backstory and all these, like, I just, I like stories from like 1919 and there's like a little bit of scandal to it and you get a little bit of history and old timey stuff like that. Yeah, because people are more open about things now. Back then they try to hide things. So like it would make sense if, Maybe the aunt had the baby and didn't want it. Like they, I mean, you still do hear about dumpster babies and stuff. It's really sad. Maybe you never know that maybe the aunt did have a baby or maybe she was mentally unstable because something like SIDS happened and they didn't, SIDS is super embarrassing, right? It's not embarrassing, but the parents are going to blame themselves. There's no explanation for that. It's actually one of the most terrifying things when you become a parent that you deal with. So if something like that happened, even if it wasn't your child, you would probably feel guilty. Like you feel embarrassed and maybe would want to hide it, I guess. What's your take? What do you think? (laughs) No, I agree. I mean, especially during that time period, it could it could be so many things like it could have been like a stillborn too right mm-hmm. and then during that time they probably just figured i don't want to go to the hospital with this let's do what we can and we'll bury it in the house and then it's kind of always with us like maybe they didn't think that much about it or like you said like maybe it was this alamaze and the story that i was reading about her did say that she enjoyed going out she, I guess, had some boyfriends when she lived at the house. So she was a floozy. If we're not saying she's a floozy. She, I'm just she was open with her sexuality, which is totally fine. But again, in those times, I mean, an unwed woman because she had left her husband. If she got pregnant, the scandal that it could cause, right? So maybe she tried to hide it, and then the baby was born, and yeah. Yeah, like I I don't know. I I think for the time that it was, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a reason. Like yeah. the autopsy that was done that yeah, there was a broken hip. Well, it said that there was a broken hip, but I mean, to me that could have happened like when they put it in the wall, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> or like maybe it got injured during childbirth and they didn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. So again, with the time period that it was, it wouldn't surprise me if for some reason they panicked and this was their solution. Yeah. Like it's not like today where and also like back then, I'm sure people maybe they were a little more private. Maybe people didn't know what was happening. I think people hid pregnancy a lot better back then. Like things were a little bigger. I don't know. I didn't live in 1919. So I wasn't alive. You're not a ghost. I'm not a ghost, no. But yeah, I I don't think anything malicious happened. No, it sounds like there was probably an accident and either due to embarrassment or shame or like you said, the times, they just try to cover it up. And accidents do happen, unfortunately, in childbirth. And if they didn't make it to a hospital, obviously, like they, they probably didn't have hospital care or something like that. If they if it was only a few days old or a day old and something happened, maybe they didn't have hospital care. I don't know. Sounds like an accident that was kind of covered up. To me. I'm sorry. I was taking the mic away as you were talking. So you might be like, ah, and then you'll get really far away. Sarah, I feel like people wish they could do that to me all the time on a regular daily basis. <laughs> Just take your mic away. Yeah. I also apologize if there's a lot like weird noises it's probably just the shuffling of the mic back and forth but yeah so that's my I was gonna have a second story and then I found out all the extra backstory and I didn't know how long this was gonna go so I didn't do the second one but the second one 
just the briefness of it. It was a woman in LA and I guess she was renovating, I don't know if it was a house or like an apartment or something. And she found in like a storage area, she found two luggages. And in the luggages, at first, she found like some old books. I think she found an old- Books like what you want to find. Exactly. She originally, at first, she found the stuff that I wanted to find. Um, I think she found like an old copy of Peter Pan, stuff like that. And then I think also in the bags, she found wrapped up two bodies of babies. Oh, yikes. So, and I guess, um, I think there was a name attached to it. It was like Jean M. Barry or something like that. So it was the same initials as the author of Peter Pan. Yeah. So it was really weird. And I didn't do that story because I thought this one might take up a little bit more time, but it didn't really. So... <laughs> Okay, your turn. What are you talking about today, Megan? Well, first I was going to say Peter Pan is my favorite, and I actually have a really old fancy copy. Peter Pan is also my favorite, and I have a Peter Pan tattoo behind my ear. It's really just the the star, but that's it. I like it. We have so much in common we don't even know until until this podcast. I know. I think like maybe they're trying to keep their babies close, too. That's weird. It's not weird, but maybe they're trying to keep them with them. Anyways, I don't know. I'm done speculating on your stories, but... Both very creepy and interesting. Am I close enough? Like if, if I do this rather than like put my head up all weird. Am I am I close enough to the microphone? You have to talk like you're making out with it. Okay, I'm making out with the mic. Okay, that looks like better. Okay, so um, let's see if you can if you can relate my story to anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound very familiar. Okay. Okay, we are going to Paris, France, specific specifically the Ile de la Cité, which is an island, basically set like translate island of the city. It's an island in the Seine River. I just want to add commentary. I'm glad that you know French that you can translate tr- talk properly. See, look at you have to talk into the mic, so you can see the little wavy things. Yeah, okay. You have to talk into it like you're making out with it, but okay. don't make out with it. Okay. Got okay. Continue. I'm sorry. Okay, so the Ile de la Cité is an island in the Seine River. Um, it's basically in the heart of Paris, and it is where uh, Notre Dame Cathedral is. Can we go to Paris one day? Uh, we can. I need a bit of a do-over. <laughs> with what? You're, oh, like with a with a trip there? Yeah, I just feel like I would have I would do it differently. Like I don't know. You might like the shoppy shoppy part of it. That's pretty much why I want to go and to eat macarons. Um, yeah, I eat a ton of macarons. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I hear you. We can go to Paris and New Orleans and wherever you want to go, dear. I love to travel. I, I have been to Paris. I did not go to Notre Dame. I saw it on the big bus tour. And actually, the story I'm about to talk to you about, I heard on the big bus tour. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can edit that out. Okay, I usually turn it off. Okay, so the story I actually heard on the Big Bus Tour, the story I'm about to tell you. Um, So a little bit of a history of the Ile de la Cité because it's also like everywhere in Paris is also a little bit creepy. Like you could just do a creepy Paris tour. The Ile de la Cité is where Paris actually gets its name from. Um, It's from a Celtic tribe named the Parisi in about the 300s AD that lived there. It is also where medieval kings lived from the 10th to the 14th century. It was in a palace called the Palais de la Cité and it's now called the Conciergerie. Um, It's had many additions and extensions put on. Charles V was actually the king that moved away and he moved to the Louvre Palace, which is where monarchs lived before they lived at Versailles. 
So the conciergerie became a justice building and a prison. And in fact, it was the prison that held Marie Antoinette. If you want to hear all about that, uh, Noble Blood did a really good episode. Have you ever heard of Noble Blood yet? No? It's really good. Listen to it. Listen to the Marie Antoinette one. I have seen the movie Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola, and it's really good, and I quite enjoyed it. Actually, I listened to another podcast called, oh, what's it called? Um, The Truth About or something like that, and they did a Marie Antoinette episode, and it was pretty good, but Sofia Coppola's movie is great with Kirsten Dunst. I'm also a big fan. Um, I kind of, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Paris or France was because I feel like I... In a past life, okay. I feel like in a past life, I maybe lived in that Versailles and was like a servant and was beheaded. What did you do? I was probably just beheaded because the family was beheaded. I don't know. I have an (laughs) irrational fear of decapitation. I have like all I love is French pastries and champagne. I could literally just live off of French pastries and champagne my whole life. I don't know. I just felt drawn to it. Like I am to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I was like really poor though. definitely not nobility um i've just always had this feeling and i did go to versailles felt very homey and there's lots of macarons you just felt like you belonged there yeah i don't know it just has this really weird like beckoning and it wasn't because of all of the it wasn't because of the main reasons people go like the awesome marie antoinette movie or the decadence of it like for me it felt like closure thing or something i don't know it was really bizarre i have lots of dreams and weird feelings about my past lives so it felt like like you were home again like you were you should just pull up a seat and sit down and be like bring me the pastries please sir over there bring me the champagne yes we oui, we oui, no no i want the blue one please the blue one's the marie Antoinette. the blue macaroons the marie antoinette macaroon it's very good but yeah, no, like lots of lots of champagne. I felt like maybe I lived in like the huts in the back. That was my favorite area. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like she had like a little hamlet farm area. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I like lived in that area and like tended her animals or some shit. Anyways. Again, I saw the Sofia Coppola movie. It's in the movie. Okay. So yeah. So anyways, now for something to really lose your head over. Oh. oh. <laughs> the um, conciergerie also have oubliettes. Have you seen the have you seen Labyrinth? Yes. And they talk about like the oubliette. So it's literally means like the forgottens and they were basically holes that they stuck well not holes but they're basically like um, areas of the prison that they would just like stick poor people in and forget about them and they had to like fend for themselves, eat rats or whatever like they just literally put them there and forgot them there. And there are castles and stuff that have oubliettes, but um, it's just notable at the conciergerie because uh, it's creepy. <laughs> I, had to, I had to put it in there. Um, so also at the Ile de la Cité is where my story took place, my actual story. Okay, go. I'm excited. Okay. so I'm yelling so I don't have to move the mic. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how <laughs> weird this is going to sound. Okay. Um, so this is called L'Affaire de la Rue des Marmousettes. In the 1380s, the Ile de la Cité was bumping. That's what I wrote in my notes. I like it. (laughs) But police were getting complaints of a dog barking outside a building day and night. And so when they went to kind of see what's going on, the dog, it turned out, was the pet of a missing German student. It seemed that maybe the German student had gone inside the building, which was a barber shop, and had not come out. In checking out the building, they discovered that the barber had a bit of a twitchy hand. So, okay, so this was not a good barber because if he had a twitchy hand, did he give like uneven cuts and maybe he like 
cut your neck a little bit. But like not on purpose, but he just or was he a murderer? He was a murderer. Murder. Yes, it was. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, oh, it's past now. My murder sound wave was really big because I said it really loud. <laughs> that was super important. Yeah, he had actually been slitting throats for years. He had mostly um, chosen to kill foreigners um, that nobody would have noticed. So basically this German student, like a foreign exchange student or somebody that was kind of displaced, just someone that wouldn't be noticed. Um, he probably could have continued to murder for many more years if it weren't for this damn dog, which I love dogs. So when what? I'm more of a cat person. My cat has been sleeping in my sewing bag all week because I've had my sewing machine out. And when I have it out, Aww. the bag sits on the floor and... I don't know what it is. Like anytime there's something new to crawl into, he'll crawl. Like if I get an Amazon box, I'm surprised he hasn't gone in my FabFitFun box yet because that's been open all day. And point of the story, I'm a cat person. Yeah. You're, you also sound like a granny because I just picture like <laughs> grannies with like a cat rolling around and like yarn. You know, you buy the, get those like ceramic cats in beds with yarn. Uh-huh. That's what basically when you started with the sewing kit and your cat, you're not very old granny-ish just to clarify okay no there's nothing wrong with being a cat person <laughs> i'm just kidding i like all animals okay yeah i think like if the cat had the right personality i would totally be all for it my spouse is <laughs> allergic i'm doing air quotes because <laughs> i don't think that people really are allergic to cats i think they just say that because they don't want one you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i'm allergic to husbands when we first got the cat, Kevin claimed that he was allergic. He's not now, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> it was our adoptiversary with the cat Aww. last weekend. We've had him for 14 years now. Oh, my. Yeah, it was pretty special. He's a very cute cat. And he, like, I, I, I said before when I was here that I really like him because he is, like, he'll come to you and he'll let you pet him, but he's, like, not in your space. And he's not, if you go to him, he's not an asshole about it either. He's just like, yeah, you're cool. He's a, You got a cool cat. I do. You got a cool cat and kitty. Um, <laughs> we have dogs. I love my dogs. I love all animals, really. But like my dogs are my children. Like I like them. Maybe I don't want to say more online or I mean on air. <laughs> what else happened with the barber? OK, so <laughs> when they went to investigate, they found some kind of some fishy weird things. Obviously, this it doesn't really have a lot of information for it because it's from the 1300s. But it basically they found a shoot which um, explains why somebody might go in and not come out. So the shoot went into the basement. So, okay. Is this basically just Sweeney Todd? Correct. Okay. We're Okay. Are we getting, are, am I jumping ahead? No. Okay. But this is just Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Which I love that musical. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So basically this is where they believe Sweeney Todd came from. I watched it while I was making my notes a little bit today while the baby was sleeping. I'm going to try not to sing even though I want to. Um... <laughs> So this, so I heard, when I heard this story on the, on the, like those big red tour buses, I think they're called like the big bus company or whatever. Like every major city has one. I was like, so it's basically Sweeney Todd and it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the space was, um, this basement space was actually shared with his next door neighbor, a butcher. And this butcher shop was known for, guess. Meat pies. Meat pies. Yeah. And pâtés. Not even joking. They were apparently also really popular. Like some of the best meat pies in the, the What is it? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to sing. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of it. The best pies in London. Sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> um, but in the best pies in Paris. <laughs> 
They were said to be so popular that even King Charles VI was said to be a fan. He went, air quote again, mad over them. Oh. If you know history, uh, Charles VI was the mad king. Right. I don't know why I'm not going to talk about it. That can be another episode. Anyways, so yeah, basically they were the barber with the twitchy hand was killing people because he enjoyed it. And um, he was obviously also cashing in on it with the butcher next door. Huh. And they had done this for, so they estimate like from um, 1834 to 1837, I don't know where these facts and numbers come from. <laughs> I look, it's kind of like an urban legend type story again, where there's not a ton of history on it, but it is kind of understood that this really happened. They were um, taken because they found a lot of bodies, like a lot of bones and remnants, and they were both guilty. So they were taken and executed immediately. And then the buildings were burnt by a mob. So, oh, gotta love a good mob killing. Well, no, they didn't kill him. They just burnt their buildings to the ground because what they did was so horrific. And probably because they were all really upset over being like accidental cannibals, (laughs) unintentional cannibals, (laughs) unwittingly cannibals. I don't know. Yeah. They're probably pretty pissed off that they eat a human. I Um, would be. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. I would need a lot of therapy and like Valium or something. So afterwards, there was actually a dog statue apparently erected in front of it. In front of where it was burnt down. Um, it's not there now because obviously it was so long ago. There's been lots of renovations. This, we're talking about like medieval times. The foundation of the building is still there because like I said, the building was burnt down. Um, but there are still, when you have really deep foundations, sometimes they're harder to get rid of. And the foundation is actually in a parking garage of a police station. Oh. There's also a ballad called La Rue des Marmoset. And uh, it talks about the, they call it like the butcher barber. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's not cool, but it's crazy because I love Sweeney Todd. I've obviously already mentioned it. It's on Netflix, so you can watch it as much as you, you want or as much as I do, which is often. Yeah. So pretty cool, huh? <laughs> and gross. Like Soylent Green stuff. Like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> but it's weird. It's weird that like, I don't know. You wouldn't be like, what is this bizarre you wouldn't notice the difference. There's that guy, that actor guy that they're claiming has like is interested in eating a human. Who's this? I don't know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name because he's not that memorable, I guess. It's all over like Unilad and stuff and Lad Bible. Do you follow those? Um, I don't know. It pops up in my Facebook all the time. So but I don't know if I if it pops up because I follow it or because it's one of those recommended for you things. But I am probably going to watch Sweeney Todd now this weekend. Ooh, maybe I'll watch that tomorrow when I do one of my sewing projects. Because usually I'll like set up my phone on the table beside me and I'll watch like a two hour movie. Last weekend I watched The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. Almost the same. It's it's (laughs) not the same same at all. No, but both are good movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, Maybe I'll get inspired to like make some creepy Tim Burton like dolls. There's like, I love that movie. I love the contrast of like when she, like she's in love with him and then uh, Mrs. Lovett's in love with him and she's like, let's go to, like she sings that song about going to the sea and she's wearing like these cute bathing suits and it's so, they're all gray and like macabre looking. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll inspire you. Maybe. I hope this uh, audio turns out well. <laughs> I'm sure it will turn out just fine. I'm sure we've had worse audio. There was a time where the thing on my, where I plug my microphone in it's called a gain so it's kind of like the volume it was turned up too high and I didn't know that so remember before when I had to like talk far away from the mic that's why because okay. the volume on like the the dealy I don't know what to call it the input device mm-hmm. it was turned up too high 
and I didn't realize that. So now it's turned down and it should be fine. Okay. Yeah. So we've had worse audio, I'm sure. But yeah, no, I liked it. So what was your throwback? Make it a good one. Not depressing. Okay. Well, um, I have my throwback and I have a listener throwback. <gasps> yes. Tell. So I'll tell you my throwback. Okay. After <laughs> there was Jax, but before there was Pokemon, there were Pogs. Ooh, yeah, pogs. So you remember? Absolutely. Don't you think your boys would love pogs? I don't know because you had to like use the slammers and flip them. I feel like it would cause a lot of arguments, which it did at on the playgrounds. And that's why they got banned. But remember before pogs, there was marbles. Mm-hmm. I had like fanny pack full of marbles because it was the 80s so we had fanny packs and they were full of marbles i remember one time we had a yard sale at at like my old house and with the money that i guess i made i don't know maybe i was selling some of my own stuff i bought a brand new fanny pack and i bought some marbles and then i brought them to school and we played marbles but yes i definitely remember pogs i loved them because they were so colorful and fun like i didn't even want to play them i just wanted to collect them but i'm the same with stickers like, I just like to collect stickers. But you had to play to collect. You play to win. No, I would just buy them. Well, you didn't do it right. I did not do it right. <laughs> but I just bought them. So I think the boys would like it, but I think it would lead to a lot of fights very fast. See, you had to be, like, really good at it and then just win everybody else. Like, you play for the pogs that you actually get and then you keep them. I was really good at it. I had shit tons. Actually, we were the first. Me and my friend were the first to get pogs because we were, like, up north and we were at a byway. And we brought them to school and people were like, what is this? It was dumb. And then two weeks later, everybody had them. And I was like, trendsetter. You were truly a trendsetter. Like, where up north? Like, that's weird that it started up north. I always thought i always heard that it was a game from like the 50s because people would play with bottle caps but apparently that was just like not true folklore kind of thing it was like an urban legend that's like an urban legend but it's not a creepy urban legend yeah yes but, on brand but yes i definitely had lots of pogs um i think at one point my sister and i there was up the pog game and i think it came with like 50 pogs and I wanted it just so I could get all the pogs at once. I didn't use it for any other purpose. But yes, I definitely, I wish I still, I wish I could find my pogs. I swear I kept them. I think I have some too. Somewhere. And I swear they're in the house somewhere, but I have yet to unearth them. Maybe that will be somebody's thing that they unearth when we sell the house. That'll be their <laughs> treasure. Just like stick pogs in between your walls. Oh, we're renovating. So we should stick pogs on the walls. You should. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I got to find them, though. I know I have them somewhere, too. Mm-hmm. Like, in my parents' house in a toy bin that I was like, never touch this. I want to give it to my children. So it's probably <laughs> in there. At least, like, I probably kept some really good ones. Yeah. I'll tell you the listeners one after. Do you want to go do yours first? Sure. Okay. Go for it. So I also, I just a side note, I also like that you are, like, caressing the mic. <laughs> ever. You're, like, ever so gently caressing it. <laughs> Just because I told you to make out with it, you have to caress it as well. <laughs> anyway, my throwback is the Delia's catalog. Do did you ever get that? Yes, I did. Yeah? Yeah. I loved it. I wanted all the clothes out of it. So girly. It No, but it wasn't girly. Like they had like cargo pants and tank tops and like they had like cute skirts and stuff. It, I wouldn't call it girly. It was like alternative girly yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I loved it. I was never allowed to order from it. I don't even know how I got on the mailing list for it because 
Like, at least kind of with you guys here, you're near the border. But, like, I was in Oshawa. Yeah. So I think I only got on the mailing list because I subscribed to magazines, like, 17 and YM. So I think I got on the mailing list for that catalog through that. But I was never allowed to order from it. And it always made me sad because I loved all the things in it. And I wanted to be all the girls. Did you circle it? Did you circle all the things? Always. Yeah. Yes, I definitely circled all the things. And I wanted, like, all the cargo skirts. And I wanted the bucket hats and the tank but tops. But really, I mean, like, it didn't really have boy clothes in it. Like, it was... Well, no, it was a girl... It was a girl magazine. Yeah. yeah, it was girl clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I loved it. And then when I moved here and I started going to the States with Kevin... Oh, what is the mall? I haven't been there in forever now. What is that mall? Gallery. Walden Galleria. Yeah, Galleria. Walden Galleria had Adelia's store. And it was great. I would get, like, graphic tees from there. I feel like I've had Adelia stuff before. Yeah, but yeah. now they it doesn't it's not a thing anymore and I'm sad about it. But that's my throwback, the Delia's catalog. It was like my favorite thing to have and shop through. But I wasn't allowed to order anything. So yeah. That's sad. Did it have those like remember those mod pants? Do you remember those pants? They look like the clip and belt. You were talking about mod robes and yes. yes, I do remember those. Weren't they invented by somebody who went to Brock? No. Okay. Were they? I don't do your do your no do your throwback and I will Google. Okay. So um, this throwback is from a listener from her name is Robin from Ontario, Canada, and her throwback is the mini piano and songbooks. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're from the 80s. I think so. They're um, the brand most notably is Electron Echo, and they looked like kind of like a little pocket book, like they had the plasticky top, and they were these mini teeny tiny pianos. And they had like these animal song books that like had the keys that you could play the songs <laughs> that you could collect them. They're really cute and fun, and I don't know. Did you ever have one? Did you know? What I'm, I'm pretty about? sure I know what you're talking about. I can't picture it. Okay, I'm gonna read something about mod robes. You pull it up and show me a picture. Okay. Of what you're talking about. Okay. So yes, mod robes were invented by somebody at Brock. Um, They were invented by, oh, what's his name? All I can see right now is his last name is Debus, D-E-B-U-S. And he was from Sarnia. Oh. And it says he was the kid who dyed his Catholic school uniform, the loudest possible colors. And it says at Brock University in St. Catharines, shout out St. Catharines, in the early 90s, he took an entrepreneurship class where he proposed what would become mod robes, the, well, the precursor. He called them exam pants, oh. a cheap, comfortable, and indestructible pant inspired by hospital scrubs that a university student could live in for four years. For his project, his professor gave him a 70 and then afterwards, you could find them everywhere. Mm. I don't think they ever, they never looked right on me. Oh. I think because it was like a buckle at the yeah. waist and because they weren't fitted or anything, because I wasn't, I wasn't super skinny or anything. And because I wasn't comfortable with myself anyway, like moderobes just didn't work for me, yeah. but I loved them. I always thought people were so cool when they wore them. I wasn't cool. Isn't that what um, Gwen Stefani wore in one of her music videos? I can't remember. Just a girl, maybe? I don't know. I like them. I was I was curvy, and they made me look less curvy, and I liked that. So I really like them. Somebody should bring that shit back. These are the mini pianos. Yes, I remember that. Yes, they're really cute. Robin is my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think she always wanted to play piano like we used to have a keyboard and she like put tape on with like the 
E, F, G, whatever, and like learn how to play things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not musically inclined, as you can tell, because I sing all the time off tune. But um, yeah, they're really cute. I remember these. No, that's awesome. I like it. I definitely remember them. I don't know if you heard me scream when I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I definitely remember those. So we we'll post a picture of those. Yeah. And mod pants. We have to get better with posting on our Instagram. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somet- no, that's okay. Sometimes I remember. and so- I haven't even posted for like the episode that got released yesterday. Yeah, I noticed. I um, was looking. Listen, you could be posting too. I know. I was okay. I was thinking about it today. So was I, but I didn't. I did other things i worked instead (laughs) i did nothing so do you have anything else to add no if people want to write to us with their creepy their creepy stories they can it happened to pod at gmail.com i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. yeah is that what it is yeah i i can never remember so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna double check it yes it happened to pod at gmail.com i have confirmed yeah and also, if you would like us to use your throwback um, and shout out and use your name, send us that as well. Yes. So we're not a little stitious. But we're superstitious. <laughs> Let's keep it. No, I don't want to know. That's not right. No. So we're not superstitious. But we're superstitious. We're a little stitious. I'm all thrown off because we have to use one mic. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it backwards. <laughs> Okay, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.